This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm Jordan Harbinger. The Art of Charm brings together the best coaches in the industry to teach you guys how to crush it in life, love, and at work. Imagine having a mix of experienced mentors teaching you their expertise, packing decades of research, testing, and tough lessons into a concise curriculum. We've created one of the premier men's lifestyle programs available anywhere, and it's free. This is the show we wish we had a decade ago. This show is about you, and we're here to help you become the best man you can be in every area of your life. Make sure to stay up to date with everything going on here and get some killer free ebooks as well as drills and exercises that'll help you become more charismatic and confident by signing up for the newsletter at theartofcharm.com. If you're new to the show but you want to know more about what we teach here at The Art of Charm, listen to the toolbox at theartofcharmpodcast.com/toolbox. That's where you'll get the fundamentals of dating and attraction such as body language, eye contact, vocal tonality, all that stuff that's more important than you might think. We've got boot camps running every single month here in California. Details at theartofcharm.com, and I'm looking forward to meeting all of you guys here at The Art of Charm. Enjoy. All right, today we're talking with my buddy Noah Kagan of okdork.com, also, of course, from appsumo.com. Used to be a cubicle slave at Intel, was number 30 at Facebook, and ended up getting canned, but let's not talk about that. It's working on appsumo.com now. We're going to talk about why scarcity mindsets hinder growth, how networking really works, and why you need to do it no matter what industry you're in. We're also gonna give you some tips from the pros on how to get known and how to give value even when you think you have nothing to offer. We're gonna talk about the concept of digging your well before you need it when it comes to business relationships, why it's all about who you know and why this is actually a good thing and why spending your time with high-quality people is crucial. Further, we're gonna talk about reverse engineering anything, working backwards from what you want, how to engage your creative brain and defeat creative block, where to start when creating and running a new business, and how to find out who's got your customers, where to look for and acquire them for yourself, where to start selling and how, and testing and gaining experience to master your own business. This one is loaded, so enjoy this podcast with Noah Kagan. I was trying to explain what the hell a podcast was to my mom. I'm like, Mom, I'm being a podcast today. She's like, a podcast? What, what is the podcast? No, where can I find the podcast? I want to hear the podcast. And I was like, it's funny, I was talking about humility with Lewis Howes yesterday, and it's interesting because we just take for granted that we know a podcast. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, it's an audio show. And it's one of the things I think to stay successful is about, like, questioning and staying humble to, like, new things. You know, one of my favorite stories about that, Jordan, is uh, I was at Facebook really early on, and I was on the second floor, and there's this Chinese dude who was running an investment firm. And he said, what's Facebook? And I was like, oh, you kind of, like, you put your profile online and you like poke people and you send messages. He's like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And, uh, you know, a lot of people probably say that about Snapchat now. 
And I think one of the keys to success is just being open to like when new things coming out and questioning, all right, what the hell is going on and why, you know, the root of why is Snapchat popular now besides just dick pics, which is my favorite. <laughs> right. You know, a, a few months later, that Chinese guy was out of business and we took over his floor. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the interesting moral of the story where it's like, if you're not, you know, humble and looking forward, then you are going to get lapped. You know, it's kind of like, you know, why did Facebook buy Oculus Rift and why did they buy WhatsApp and Instagram and you know, at the time, it always seems kind of crazy. Did YouTube getting bought for a billion and a half? But if you actually took the time to start looking at YouTube and thinking, all right, what's their interest? You know, Google's business, how does this might align? And that's how those, those companies are, you know, $100 billion plus companies because they're thinking about that and they're staying humble. Uh, and that helps them be successful moving forward. That for me is so next level because, for example, when YouTube came out, I immediately was like, this is freaking genius. But I never would have come up with it on my own. And the implementation was damn near perfect as well. And, so, and I know that like SoundCloud's like, we want to be the YouTube of audio and maybe I'm just not open to it, but I'm like, actually, you kind of should have come before. And also like they're doing things so differently than YouTube did that I'm like, this isn't really the YouTube of audio. I think the point that I've learned for myself is just more when anything is really popular, a lot of people talking about it. Obviously, you don't just jump off the bridge because everybody else is, but at least trying to spend a minute of five to 10 trying to understand why yeah, or exploring sure. why. So like, with SoundCloud, I actually get it now. So if you're, you don't, you want to upload an audio track like an MP3, it's really not convenient to YouTube if you, because that's more video. So where do you do it? And with SoundCloud, like as, as independent artists or rap artists, it's actually a great way to put out mixtapes. I, I knew there had to be something because that's not my, when I want to host audio, yes, there's no place to do it. But that is so rare. I do see like, hey, if you had a podcast and you don't want to screw around with hosting, SoundCloud's perfect. Well, so like, let's even take your, you know, your podcast, right? So, you know, as people are trying to run their businesses, they're always looking for new channels for growth and, and fi people finding out about them. So one, you know, thing that you could be doing, Jordan, yourself is taking your podcast, you put them on iTunes, you put them on Stitcher as well. You could throw them on SoundCloud as another way that people can comment and find your content. Oh, they're up there. Oh, is it up there? And they're on YouTube. Oh, you take the actual <laughs> audio and put it on YouTube? Yeah. Dude, money. That's you actually something I think, uh, what's his name, James Altucher kind of got me in the mindset of where he is really creative, where you take one article, instead of spending all your time writing, take one article and repurpose it in different ways. So, and, and I've been doing this where I took one article and I put it on LinkedIn, and you take one section of that article, put it on Quora, and you kind of, you know, reuse it in multiple places instead of just always recreating the wheel, like take what's, what's already good and put that out there in more places. Yeah, that's brilliant. It's something that somebody would have to do for me, like an employee here. I love creating it, but I'm not going to market it myself really in those areas but it's it's definitely required uh for example when somebody told me to put my shows up on youtube is actually caleb bacon of man school he's like i was like god i can't believe i haven't thought of that he goes listen dude if you were 20 years old right now you would have thought about that probably first all your friends are using youtube all the time for everything so that's what i do that's why i hang out at like elementary schools now that's my <laughs> big thing i'm like yo what's right. up girl you got you want some candy you got that candy what's on your phone let me see your phone let me see your smartphone yeah yeah seriously man like i just try to stay connected with younger people it does get harder you know I, i'm 32 now you know it, it's interesting because when i was younger and i was talking about this with someone yesterday one of my favorite quotes is uh it's from gary halbert who's an amazing uh, storyteller and he has free articles online at gary halbert read his boron letters uh, for anybody interested in business and copywriting, it's completely free. And uh, he said a, a great quote where he said, you know, you can paddle as fast as you want, but up the wrong river, right? Or you can paddle effectively as you want up the right river. I think that's what I've been as I've gotten older, where it's like in my 20s, I was just paddling as fast as I fucking can to get wherever I needed to go or where I thought I wanted to go. You know, you work 10, 15 hour days and then you get older, you're like, 
Uh, you kind of get set in your ways. And then I think a part of that is you get wiser. You're like, well, I kind of have other things I want to be doing than working on all the time. And so how do I be more effective with, with less time? Well, so we're I, thinking that way. My dad would never have thought that way. That's, you know, it's funny. I was talking to my mom. I went to therapy today and that's something I'm happy to share. And I think everyone should be doing. Oh, if you don't have a therapist, you're probably crazier <laughs> than both of us put together. <laughs> Dude, it's like therapy's the new woman. It's like therapy's the new girl to date. Yeah. Uh, oh man, you don't got a cell phone now, nah, bro. I got a therapist though, man. Oh, me too. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of, oh, what kind of therapist do you have? Damn, oh, dude, you cognitive? Have... Oh, dude, oh, I gotta shit. get one of those. Yeah. Now meditation is the fucking thing. I was like, dude, yep. you're doing that transcendental. I'm like, yeah, bro. I'm levitating, dog. I'm levitating. So it was interesting in, uh, <laughs> in therapy today. And then I talked to my mom right before this show. What was fascinating about it was that the generational shifts. So like with, with my business app, sumo.com, it's a free newsletter for entrepreneurs. You know, I really enjoy and I created a business so I could have freedom. And through, you know, we have a course called monthly1k.com. So it shows people how to start a business. And the number one word people say when they talk about wanting to start a business is freedom. Freedom. And yeah, sure. That makes freedom, sense. Freedom, dude. Like Braveheart is their like, movie. Yeah, I was going to say freedom. freedom. Yeah. That was really good. You want to do that one more time? One, two, three. Freedom. freedom. Can't believe we get paid to do this kind of stuff. I know. It's ridiculous. And so my mom's generation, she was a nurse for about 15 years and she hated her job since like, you know, day two. Right. The, se- the first time she wiped somebody's butt, she was like, oh, I didn't realize this was going to be a daily thing. Oh, dude, they don't. Wi- I mean, my brother's a doctor. They finger buttholes. I remember the day she called me. She's like, yeah, I fingered a butthole to keep- get it clean. I was like, God bless the Internet. Oh, yeah. my God. God. Wait, God why? What am I doing wrong when I wipe that I'm not fingering my butthole? So no, they just don't clean. have the, the ass muscles. And I think, you know, they have to get that stuff out somehow. So somewhere I'm doing. Oh, no. So yeah, some people like a, can't like a- poop. No, it's like a plunger for their butt with their with your finger. Wow. Anyways, let's move forward. Yeah, yeah not the they, right niche for this. I know. Maybe when I when I want to get turned on, I get my prostate tickled. So, um, <laughs> but it's just an interesting generational shift where we want to have freedom in what we do. We want to you know work with people we like. We want to have you know feel purpose and meaning with what we do. With you know, and our parents' generation was like, you know, suck it the fuck up. You know, we had went through the depression. If you have a job, just be grateful, and hopefully they'll give you health insurance. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think we mentioned this before we talked, uh, before we started recording, which was like, our parents were like, oh, you have a job, work as much as you can and save all of your money. Because you might one day wake up and the whole economy is screwed. And luckily, you have all this money in the bank or whatever, or property or something. You know, it's fascinating. I was talking to my buddy Edmund, who's the one that's dying in the background. Um, hopefully, I'll make it through the show. And we went to this, uh, <laughs> went to this, Sorry, he's doing blow off some hooker's chest. It's really weird. Uh, oh, so I'm a little distracted. That's at the uh, okdork.com slash Atsumo <laughs> office. Yeah. <laughs> that's where the magic happens. Actually, <laughs> we're like nerds. We like read books and play chess. You know, what was fascinating, kind of a counter to that story was, I, uh, you know, we went to this penthouse a few days ago of a friend. Not a great friend, but a, a friend. He's a better friend now that you see as a penthouse. Honestly, I was like, dude, I need to come here and bang. I need to come here and play chess is what I meant. Sorry. Right, right. But anyway, so I go and saw him, and honestly, he just didn't look happy, right? He had all this money. He had the pimpest place. Like, you know, you think, oh, you got to have parties here all the time. And, you know, you finally get all the material things you think you want, but something's still not there, right? And I thought that was just kind of an interesting observation where it's like, I have some money, but I'm not at that level. And it kind of helped me reflect back on myself where it's like, it's not necessarily how much money do I have, but it's like, how much am I living the life that I really want to be living? And so that's actually like a big challenge and struggle with myself right now, right? Where externally there's like, oh, you got a business that's doing well. You know, like I'm not, I'm a relatively good looking dude, moderately fine. Um, <laughs> and, you know, things appear to be going well, but it, I kind of always keep coming back and challenging myself to be like, 
you know, am I working on what I really want to work on? Am I dating or going in the direction of the relationships I want to be doing? And so I, that's what I do at therapy. That's what I did today for 180 bucks. You know, I spent the whole time talking about, you know, what do I really want? And I think that is like one of the ultimate questions of life that everyone should be going about. Like I met a guy last week who was like, I really want to hustle. I want to make a shit ton of money. And he, he was like, I get up at 5am because fear doesn't wake up at 5am. And I thought that was just so powerful. And I was actually a little jealous. I was like, but I'm like, fuck, I don't want to wake up at 5 a.m. I like my life, so I'm not looking to try to make more money and, and outwork other people. I'm trying to work as much or as little as I want to be doing to accomplish what I want. Right. And, uh, and I think that that just is like it's understanding what is it you really want versus just like I have to get all this money to buy the shit, which still leaves you in the same place. Well, you know, it's funny. I was talking about this on Mixergy where it's a sneak preview, but I'm talking about this very topic because guys like you and I, who would be like the shittiest employees ever for some other company. There's a couple of types of people in businesses, right? There's like these worker bees that just bust their ass and they're in the office on Sunday at one o'clock in the morning and they're just going strong on caffeine and cocaine or whatever. And then there's guys that like, no matter how hard I work, I will never be able to outperform that guy in terms of like volume. It's not going to happen. I don't want to do it. He's getting up at 5 a.m. because fear doesn't wake up at 5 a.m. But here's the thing. Guys who have networking skill sets, relationship development skill sets, get people to like and trust them seemingly effortlessly, those guys don't have, we don't have to outwork those guys because those guys are replaceable. They're only as good as the amount of work they put in each week. The relationship guys, we can do whatever we need to do to make that sort of nebulous magic happen and we can take those people with us, those clients, those relationships. So let me ask, because for your listeners as well as for myself, I'm curious, man. So it's like, how do you find the people you want to meet and then how do you build those relationships? Well, I'm always asking for introductions as well. So I'll say, hey, anybody you think would be a good guest on the show, for example, but that's sort of code because that's a good value proposition. I started the show in the beginning in part because I like talking about this stuff, but also in part because I was like, listen, if we've got a show and we can make something out of it, there's going to be value for high value people to come and talk with us and share tens of thousands of dollars worth of knowledge, basically just sitting here answering my questions and giving me free consulting about any problem that I want forever. And so I will ask for introductions. I will tell people what I can do for them. And that's how I start the relationship. But really, it comes down to getting people to like and trust you. And it's not this sneaky, manipulative stuff. It's really just knowing what people want. And I talk about this a lot on the show, knowing what people want, being able to tell them what you can do for them, giving tons of value up front. And later on, people who are good at networking and who are in high value positions, those people will turn right around and help you. I mean, it's no problem. If somebody's, and, and the way to grab some of these guys is to look for what sort of upcoming things they have where you can give value. For example, I had a guy on here on the show who was writing a book, wasn't really directly in the niche, but I was like, this guy's cool, he's a good buddy, um, he's helpful, I can ask him for things later on if I need to, so I helped him promote his book, it actually was a good episode, got a lot of good feedback, but wouldn't be something I would normally pick. And now, if I need to meet somebody that he knows, even if it has nothing to do directly with him, he will make that intro and be like, yo, Jordan's a great guy, he helped me out with this, now I can reach out. Now I have his network. So it's it's exponentially valuable in nature. A lot of people think, oh, I've got to work on networking. And they think of it like a wheel with spokes. But it's not like that. It's like, an, what is it, an asymptote or something? It curves up more sharply the more people you know. Yeah. If I know five people, I don't just have five people in my network. I have five people in my immediate network plus everybody that they're connected to. It's like real-life LinkedIn, only those people actually 
care about you and will introduce you to somebody. Well, let me, let me, can I share a few stories about, because a lot of people, you know, like I've been able to meet a lot of people and, and I think if, you know, we almost take for granted, right? Like you can call me up and be like, yo, I'm trying to meet this person for an interview or I want to try to do this business and like, give me an intro. It's like, okay. Yeah. And this surprised me with our monthly 1k.com program where a lot of people starting businesses, like this shocked me, man. Like I didn't realize how many people were alone, right? Like they're in Ohio, they're in Nebraska, they're in some international country and none of their family does it. None of their friends are doing it and they're actually look, getting looked down upon. And so, you know, one of the things that we, we realized, like, holy shit, we need to bring these people together. And so we created a private group and that's actually been one of the most valuable things out of everything we do. And, uh, so some ways that I, I want to encourage people, I'll just give some specific tactics to get known, right? So here's four ways that I would tell people to do it. So one, throw an event and cover all the costs, even if it's going to be, you know, make it like a cupcake event, but bring together people that, that you want to meet and bring other literally a cupcake event. Make it fun, man. Like, I'll tell you, I did an Indian dinner at my house where I wanted to meet people and I want to bring them together. So I've had a friend who likes cooking Indian, brought people together. I, um, when I first came to Austin, this is, you know, a really great way I met people. I came to Austin. I didn't know really anyone. I think I knew two people. I found the cheapest bar in town and I found that they had a happy hour. And so I invited everyone I knew and I said, bring everyone. I'll pay for the whole tab. Come for two hours, drink as much as you want. And I actually didn't even meet everyone. But everyone's like, oh, Noah, Noah, Noah's the one, the hub. And so my, my buddy Nick Holland taught me that. He's like, the more you become the hub instead of the spoke, right? The spoke is like everything has to come through you. But the exactly. more that you're connecting other people, um, the more that you're going to be actually looked at as the expert. And it's funny enough, I was talking to this dude, you know, related to charming and dating. And uh, I'm single. And so we were talking about online dating. When you go on OkCupid or Tinder, you know, it's ironic because the girls, it's like every single thing on Tinder is a match. And every single day on OkCupid, they get hundreds of emails. And I'm like, fuck, I don't get anything, right? I never get girls coming up to me at bars like, I got to bang you, right? That's only like the, <laughs> yeah. the really good looking guys, not Jewish too either. Uh, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. That's why I have to have money all over me. I have money coming out of my pockets. You have a hundred dollar bill yeah. in, a green, in a green card stapled <laughs> yeah. to your penis. <laughs> well, it's actually as a yarmulke, the little Jew hat. Oh God. And so what I realized, I was talking to this guy about it and he's like, and he's like, dude, I bang hot chicks. And obviously I'll tell you like a little disclaimer, a little, not even a disclaimer, a warning. Anytime you're with someone and, and you ask them, oh, why do you like your girlfriend? And they say they're hot, it's not going to last. Of course not. No, it's <laughs> so, based on so, superficiality. Plus, any guy knows that no matter how hot a girl is, there's some guy that's sick of her shit. Yeah, that's so, I was just telling my friend that line today. Well, so a few things I want to keep going with how to connect and meet new people. So what my buddy was telling me is like, dude, I try and go and friend all the six to sevens or the five to eights. Is that like the way that the girls look? Is that what you're yes. talking about? Oh, yes, okay. looks or personality or whatever it is. And so he's like, Instead of going online dating and competing with everyone, I go and just try to make friends with people that, you know, I'm not really interested in sexually or as a relationship. And then I try to meet their friends and, you know, think about that internally, right? Or just think about that. It's like, oh, hey, you should meet Noah. He's a really nice guy versus like, hey, I'm a dude. You have no idea who I am. It's like I always compare it to like homeless person. So like Jordan, we don't even know each other that well, but I'm guessing if you walked by a homeless person on the street, you wouldn't give him a buck. But if I emailed you today or I called you and I was like, hey, man, I need a buck. You'd be like, why do you need a dollar one? But then two, you'd be like, sure, whatever. Take yeah, it. of course. Yeah, of course. And so that referral relationship or the fact that there is some status with it and some relationship there, it's valuable. So I think there's, you can use that in business as well as in relationships is that, you know, go meet people so that you can meet other people. I also think what you're talking about at the, at the layer, this is what we do at the Art of Charm is scrape down the layers. You're talking about removing the agenda from what you're doing. And not that there's no agenda, but it's a very different agenda. For example, to take the dating analogy, when you're on OkCupid and you're like, I just want to make friends, the girls are like, oh, he's just looking for friends. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm down with that. That guy seems cool. But if they're like, 
if you're like, I'm looking for sexual relationships that could result in marriage, girls are like, ooh, the bar is so high. I don't know if I should meet this person in real life. I don't know if I can trust him. But if you're like, let's meet for a beer. I've got like five people going out. Do you want to come and meet my friends? They're like, oh, awesome. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I think there's something there with like, you know, putting on events to be the hub as well as meeting people through other people. And I'll give you two really interesting stories that happened. So we had some uh, customers from AppSumo.com in town from our course. And uh, 50 of people came. And so one, and I'll just, and this is really interesting. And one dude came out with friends, with people on the team, not myself, but he went out and he bought four shots worth $125. And it's one of these things where it was like trying almost too hard to like be liked, right? Because as a friend, if it was someone that, that you were just normal with, you wouldn't buy him a shot unless it's like a, it's Hanukkah or their birthday or like, you know, a bris. Wait, wait a minute. I buy my friends drinks all the time. What are you talking about? Yeah, but do you go and buy $125 shots every weekend? No, of course not. I don't like you that much. Well, and uh, that's the point. And so that was interesting because after yeah. he did it, the people that were with him told me later, they're like, we actually liked him less. And what was fascinating with that was the contrast of that where another guy, he just came and hung out. He's like, he, did, he didn't try to like show off. He didn't, you know, try to like, oh, show how powerful or cool he was or act like a fanboy. Uh, but he was genuinely like, hey, you know, I'm happy to help you guys with things you need. I really appreciate what you do. Uh, and I think he was just more respectful of us and just treated us as equals instead of at different levels. And it, frankly, it was just much more enjoyable. And he's someone that like we're talking about even working with and hanging out with. And so I think as people are trying to meet other people on, at frankly, different status levels, it's not necessarily like don't, trying to show off, but trying to be helpful in a really respectful way. Right? And yeah. that's actually yeah. benefited me. And, and I'm a fanboy of things I really like, and I have to kind of figure out how do I make it beneficial for the other person to want to meet me. The other option that people have for networking, and a lot of people are listening, and I, I apologize to some of the guys that have heard me talk about this to death, but I want to get your input on it as well. We call it social currency at the Art of Charm, and what it is is if I'm a college kid and I'm like, oh, I don't have anything of value to offer anybody, what I can do is keep an eye out. For example, I know that you run AppSumo and that you run, say I know you run Facebook ads because I see them every effing day, thank you very much, right, on Facebook. I might be like, oh, I know this guy that he's a pro at Facebook ads. He's really good at it. And you might be like, I already know all that stuff. I run Facebook ads all the time. But you never know. There might be one thing that you can learn from this guy. And I don't know that. You don't know that. And even he doesn't know what value the, the relationship might have there. But if I were to introduce, say I'm a college guy, I'm 19, and I'm like, hey, Noah, I met this dude at some summit thing who's friends with my cousin's brother. Uh, he's really good with Facebook ads. I wanted to introduce you to him, and you're both copied on the email. Hey, good luck, guys. Hope this some value comes out of this. You might talk to that guy and be like, hey, yeah, I don't really see where there's a need for this. Or you might learn one little thing that saves you 200 bucks, and it's no big deal. But you've got that relationship there. Now, if that same kid reached out to you and was like, hey, I can't really afford one of your products. Would you mind if I just like checked it out or something like that or paid you over time? You'd probably be like, well, thanks for that intro a while back. Here's the ebook. Don't worry about it. You're super right, man, because like, you know, me and you, as we get a little busier and a little more known, right, more people want that attention or they want specific advice. Yes. And so the, the two things I would recommend, I even try to learn for myself and recommend to others is, is two specific things. So I do think it's helpful if you become known for something, right, so that when people in the future are thinking about things, they think about you. So yes. when I was doing payments for Facebook games, I started being like, I put it out there. I do payments for Facebook games. I do payments for Facebook games. I love intros for payments for Facebook games. And guess what? I started getting a lot of referrals for payments for Facebook games. Or now... People know me for tacos. I love tacos. Everyday tacos. I had breakfast, Mexican food. Uh, you know, like almost every day I'll try to have a taco if I can or a variation. And over time, it's like people that really know who I am and want to meet me, they'll actually be like, hey, here's a gift card to Taco Deli. 
or I'd love to take you out for a taco lunch. And just the fact that they put a little more into like knowing who my specialty is or my preferences are, it's, it makes it easier. And, and that's vice versa. If you become known for something, people will want to know you for that. And the second thing is, this is a, a very huge mistake I'm seeing a lot of people make, is that let's say I wanted to meet you, Jordan, and I didn't know you and I have a connection to you. What most newbies will do is they'll email you and they'll be like, hey, Jordan, uh, is there anything I can help you with? And you're like, oh, fuck, I mean, where to begin? But I don't, that puts it all on you to think about it and figure right. it out yeah. to some I, unknown fucking person. It's like me going up to a girl at a bar and be like, hey, can I have sex with you? What, or, or worse, what do I need to say in order yes. to get you to like me enough yes. to have sex with you? That's what that oh, is. That, and I'm going to use that line from now on. <laughs> but, if, you know, so coming up with such a big thing versus you being more specific and be like, hey, I really like your shoes. Where'd you get them from? Now, that actually makes it easier for that person to say, oh, I got them from here. And it's not as taxing on them mentally to figure out what it is that they want to say. And so on the business side, what, you know, the exact example is instead of me going up to you and be like, hey, Jordan, can I help you? I would say, hey, Jordan, I noticed on your website your page loads in 20 seconds. And if you actually cut it down to 10 seconds doing these five things, you'll probably get 10,000 more visitors a month. And if I knew that you getting more visitors or that would help your site, I would send you that and say, hey, if you want me to help you do the specific details of it, let me know. Right. And so putting that out there is it makes it much for easier for you to say yes or no to something as well as get some benefit versus some open-ended thing where you have to now think about what's important from some random-ass person. Exactly, because you're putting the monkey on my back when you do that. And Lennon and McCartney, Jagger and Richards, Watson and Crick, AJ and Johnny, what about the perfect duo when it comes to growing your business? Well, that's you and Shopify. That's right, Johnny. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Shopify removes the guesswork with built-in tools that help you create, execute, and analyze your online marketing campaigns. And sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash charm. Go to shopify.com slash charm now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash charm. And now a quick message from our newest sponsor. Remember, supporting our sponsors is the best way to support the show. That's right. AJ, did you know socks, tees, and underwear are the three most requested clothing items in homeless shelters? I had absolutely no idea. Bombas knows, and they're doing something about it, making ridiculously comfortable versions of all three and donating one for every item sold. With all the clothing brands out there, it's nice to find some basics that don't just feel good, but do good too. 
That is completely amazing. And that's why we're so excited to be working with our newest sponsor, Bombas. To date, Bombas, one purchase equals one donated commitment, has helped customers donate over 100 million essential clothing items to people facing homelessness. That's a lot of good done by people just buying the Bombas they wear every day. Visit bombas.com slash charm and use code charm for 20% off your first purchase. And once you try Bombas, you'll know why so many people have purchased and donated so many. The comfort geniuses at Bombas work tirelessly to make your everyday things your favorite things. Whether there's an arch-supporting sock that feels like it was sculpted to your foot, a buttery soft tee with no itchy tag, or underwear that feels like nothing while supporting everything. The best part, AJ, Bombas has a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you got the wrong size, your dog chews up your socks, or a pair vanishes in the washing machine, and you know they will, it's easy to get a free return, exchange, or replacement. There's nothing worse than when Puppers gets a hold of my favorite Bombas athletic socks. They're precision engineered for being active with sweat wicking power, impact cushioning, blister defense, and no annoying toe seams that get between you and your goals. I try to limit my essential purchases to one time a year, and I was so pumped to know that Bombas has my underwear, socks, and tees needs completely covered. I have been loving the soft underwear and tees here in Medellin. Ready to get comfy and give back? Head over to bombas.com slash charm and use code charm for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash charm and use code charm at checkout. All right, let's get back to the show. The other thing is, and here's uh, an advanced pro tip as well, for a guy in my position, your position, don't email us and say, by the way, I can help you do this, the web page loading thing. I can help you do this for $400 because we get those every day. You want to be on the front page of Google, you know, or whatever, or even something that is legitimate, like your web page loads slowly, I can fix it for 300 bucks. I'm just going to be like, why should I trust you to fix it? I'm just going to ask somebody I know that I trust and see if it needs fixing. And if it does, I'm going to have them do it. Why would I let you do it? But if somebody writes in and says, Hey, you know what? And this is how last guy got a a little internship from me a couple of years ago. He goes, hey, I'd love to do some internship work for you. I don't know what you need done, but here are my skill sets in the following area. And it was like graphic design and da-da-da-da-da-da. And at the time, he got lucky because I really happened to need graphic designers. But I could also tell by the way he wrote his emails because they were, you know how some people write really good emails where certain things they type are highlighted and it's a link and you click on (laughs) it to get more information on that thing? I, I like that when it comes to employees and um, interns and things like that because then I don't have to like Google what they're talking about. I just click on it and it goes right where I need to go. He did that a lot and I was finally like, hey, listen, all right, fine. I need a brochure created, your graphic designer. He didn't go, cool, 300 bucks. He goes, here's a couple of mock-ups on what I was thinking. And I went, awesome, I like where you're on track with this, but I want my logo and I want these colors. And he goes, cool, 24 hours later, I got a new mock-up. And there it was. And it looked awesome. So he became our brochure designer a few years ago. And eventually, we started giving him so much work. He was like, hey, listen, in order to turn this around quickly, I I would love to be able to work on this instead of working on other things. I'll do this one for free and that one for free. But for this larger one, I would love to be able to charge a little bit for my time. What do you think is fair? He didn't go, all right, I've been working for free for a long time, 400 bucks now. He, He worded it in a way where I got the hint. And I went, okay, we've sort of exhausted his like, freebie level and he started charging us very reasonable rates to get things done and that's how you get a job with people like you and i 
Well, it's funny. There's a great uh, free article. It's called Recession Proof College Graduate. Yeah, Recession Proof Graduate. It's my friend Charlie's, and that's a really good primer on you know working for free, building the relationships, and then asking for something later. The two things, and so everyone, I would encourage you to go get that for free, Recession Proof Graduate by Charlie Hohen, H-O-E-H-N. The other thing I was thinking kind of along lines of, and it's funny, dude, I'll tell you, I was thinking about doing a podcast, because like everyone but my mother is doing one, and I'll tell you, I looked up... No, I, your, I reversed, your mother's on my new show. <laughs> I've actually told How I you. HowIMetYourMother.com. Right. But I actually went and reverse engineered what's been the most popular podcast, the length of time, the segments, the least popular segments, reviews. And shockingly, one of the number one topics across all business category was how to make relationships, yeah. how to build new connections. And so I was actually pretty shocked by that. You know, obviously there's the, the standard books, Never Eat Alone and How to Win Friends and Influence People. But I'll tell you for myself, just on a specific story that, you know, for others to take note from and hopefully go do something with. You know, I e emailed out you know, okdork.com, my personal site about marketing and startups, and I emailed out and, I had, and the email got broken. And I emailed out again. And I said, hey, I'm, I'm retarded with Aweber. Sorry, here's the email if you didn't get it before. And someone actually emailed me and they said, hey, you know, I'm happy to do this for you if you really don't like doing it. And I was like, oh, he knew I had a problem about something specific and he actually just offered to help. And now I've been actually working with him for over a year and he, he's evolved to such the same thing for you. He's evolved from doing my email, to doing my copy editing, to doing writing, to he's on the about page of okdork.com, and his name's Tyler Vosser, and he's almost just like as critical to the site as I am, right? And there's only me and him. <laughs> and so it's something that he evolved to. And the second thing I really want to get people to, to really think about is if you really want something, like how much input are you doing for it? And I think this is truly true. Like, and I've been thinking about this quote. It's like, when you know what you want, it's actually easier to get it. Like, figuring out what you want is actually harder than actually getting it. And so what most people do when they want something is they send one cheap-ass shitty email and they never follow up. Like how many times have you gotten an email and then like, oh, Jordan, your show is the, the best, you're a god, like, or whatever, right? Like people want something from us or from anything. And they send one email and they just kind of follow up with it. They would never follow up. And I really think that if you really want something, you need to get better at actually following up. So like Guy Kawasaki, you know, I followed up with him for three years, helped him with anything he needed. Until finally I said, hey, you know, I'm having a conference. I think it would be good for you to speak at because there's a lot of people that would want to hear you. And, uh, you know, he came and did it for free, right? Oh, and wow. Instead of normally charging 20, his $25,000 minimum. And so one tool that I always tell people, and I, I use it literally every day, is called followup.cc. And you email, you know, noah at appsumo.com. And in BCC, you put one day, two weeks, February 13th at followup.cc. And so, you know, I just want to encourage people to, if you really want something, follow up with it. Uh, and put in more because you'll get out more. And that's, that's just kind of what I've noticed over the past year. That's a huge help. I use Boomerang. And I also, since I'm networking literally professionally, I have a CRM, which is like a contact management system essentially for clients and things like that. Most companies use it to, it's like Salesforce. They use it to like cold call leads or whatever. I don't use it for that. I use it to keep in touch with a huge number of people. An absolutely ridiculously huge number of people. It's tough, um, and it requires organization. Amateur networkers think, oh, yeah, I should totally call that person or email them. Oh, I'll remember that, or I'll write a note to myself to email that person. But there's so many people that you haven't kept in touch with over years that if, if now you need something from them, it's like, oh, yeah, I've got to call Jordan. Oh, man, I haven't talked to him in like three years. Oh, but I really need him for this. And then they'll write, then they do this. They go, Hey, Jordan, what's up, buddy? It's been a really long time. What are you up to? And I'm like, oh, hey, man, it's been a long time. Yeah, what's going on? And they're like, 
Um, nothing. Same old stuff. Anyway, I really was wondering if you could help me launch my new podcast, and I'm like, delete, because I know they just wanted something from me, and that's why they thought of me. I don't always throw them in the can, but a lot of people are just value takers, and they're only thinking about you, and they need something. They've never reached out before, and especially, they'll especially get deleted if they didn't answer, like, my previous emails, where I was like, hey, want to catch up, or if I needed something from them, and they just ignored it, and then they reach out wanting something, because I know that that's how that person operates. So it always pays to make it so obvious that you're a value giver that you're never going to do that because otherwise people should ignore you. You know, I think everyone learns things in their own way. Like maybe it's from a book or from like, you know, TV show or, you know, frankly, I learned the most through experience. And the way I think about what you're talking about is like using the analogy of a garden, right? So if you don't water your plants and take care of them, they will die. Over time, it'll die. It's not going to happen right away. And so, that, you know, for the people that really matter in your life, you want to keep good relationships with you know, keep watering those plants. You need to do that. And I think the analogy that Keith Ferrazzi gives in Never Eat Alone is dig your well before you're thirsty. And if that's not the analogy, then that's awesome and totally should be in there. But it's absolutely true because a lot of people, especially younger guys, I'll say, hey, one of the benefits of the programs here at The Art of Charm is that we teach you how to network. It's not just about girls. It's not just about dating and relationships. We teach networking and relationship building. And a lot of them go, yeah, I'm less concerned about that right now because, you know, I have a job and everything's going well. And I'm thinking, wow, okay, you're, you're going to have a lot of trouble advancing at your job if you don't understand that networking is important because there's two types of people, those who know how to network and do it and those who don't even understand this, like, secret game being played around them that they're not involved in. Here, you and I are both entrepreneurs, right? So we're working, we're constantly networking, we're sharing our networks with each other. If we run into somebody who's like, I'm an entrepreneur, I invented this app, and we're like, cool, well, you know, who, what kind of events are you going to, what kind of networking are you doing? And they're like, I don't need it, my app is awesome, and we're getting thousands of new users every day. You and I would probably look at each other and be like, really, you don't need to network? Okay, buddy, see you later. And the reason is because after his stuff plateaus a little bit, or when he runs into a problem, he's gonna desperately need help with it and it's gonna be time sensitive, and he's not gonna have the resources most likely to deal with that problem. And the reason is because he doesn't, quote unquote, need to network. It's not, it's not a sexy topic for him, it's not important. He didn't dig the well before he needed it, and now he's gonna be flailing when he runs into an issue because he doesn't have a support network. It's really funny because younger guys don't get this. That, you know, they're like, oh, I got a job, I'm good, or you know, oh, we don't really network in my industry. Um, I actually heard this a lot from military guys, we have a lot of military guys coming through the Art of Charm. We have both kind of younger guys as well as senior officers and special forces. Special forces guys, senior officers always get it. They're always keen on the, the networking stuff. The younger guys always go, ah, it's the military. There's not really any networking. So I actually did an interview with my friend, Lieutenant Colonel LeDuc out of the Air Force, and he was talking about how networking in the military is hugely important and how guys who don't do it at the lower levels, they usually just get promoted kind of at the whim of senior officers. They get whatever project floats their way. But guys who know how to network in the military, they're the ones who get like assigned to train dolphins in Hawaii and stuff like that. Like these kick-ass military jobs where you're like, how does that even happen? It's because they're networking. No matter what organization you're in, it's all about who you know. And most people will bitch about, oh, wah, it's all about who you know, wah, 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 but at the Art of Charm, and guys who listen to the show have heard this a million times, thank God it's all about who you know, because we're never going to be like that 1% dude who gets up at 5 a.m. because fear doesn't get up at 5 a.m. We don't want to outwork everybody. We want to be able to get by on our relationships, our network, and the value that that brings. I think a lot of that is also leverage, 
You know, it's like, how do you use your time effectively just instead of efficiently? One of the things that, you know, it's really interesting, Joan, I don't know if you noticed this for yourself as well. There's a book called Powerful Engagement. It's one of my top 10 all-time life books. And I think every book has one takeaway. And that book's takeaway is like, how do you maximize your energy? And relating to like building relationships and growing a business, it's like literally over the past, you know, two years, I've been insanely aware of this is that who am I spending time with and how does it affect my energy? Right. So even as a person that maybe can help me in the future, if they just like, if I hang, if hanging out with them as a downer, I don't hang out with them. Right. And then I try to just be more aware of like which girls or guys am I really spending my time with? And I'm like, dude, I feel fucking awesome about myself. Right. Or even in the business sense, it's like, who am I talking about with business where I'm like, fuck, that's hella cool. I need to go do that to my business or, oh, what a creative thing. Like, and you're kind of, it's a really good relationship. Symbiotic is kind of the word I always like to use. Yeah. One of the principles again at AOC is you only go as high as your five closest friends. Yeah, I mean, I only have two friends, so it's, I mean, right. I, I got a short ladder. You've got room for more <laughs> slots. I said slots, yeah. by the way, slots. slots. I, um, I feel it. Yeah, so it, that is definitely true, man. You know, though, I will tell you, that's one of the things that people say and we hear, but then until you actually are around different types of people, you you feel that and you are aware of what that can really do. Because that's it's kind of those cliches. I'm like, yeah, I know five friends and I'm their fucking average, but whatever, right? I'm like, I kind of like my whatever friend. But when you're actually around people that are lower on terms of, you know, being active and hustling or exercising or my, you know, as an example, my friend John Ross now, he stopped drinking and he exercises a lot. And so that's actually up my game. So I'm drinking way less and now I'm exercising even more. And that's because I'm surrounding myself with someone else who's doing it. And it's what I, you know, I enjoy it as well now, even more. Yeah, that type of thing will take you to the next level. And a lot of people go, well, I don't want to have a bunch of fake relationships with people just because they're doing things, you know, that are going to be good for me. But at the same time. Well, no one's asking you to do that. We're asking you to have real relationships with people that are doing amazing things, right? Uh, and how do I get friendships with people that are doing amazing things when I'm not? Well, I think you just answered your own question, right? It goes back, <laughs> it goes back to giving value when you think you have nothing to offer, like we were talking about before. I think people just don't get it. They go, what's the secret? Or your product must be so good, you guys are really killing it. It's always been about the relationships. And yes, since that's what we teach at The Art of Charm, it's really important, of course, and centrally located, but... The reason, one of the reasons I'm glad we're having this conversation is because you're essentially a, in large part, quote unquote, tech, right, business, but you're still talking about why relationships are crucial. Because a lot of people use that as an excuse. They'll lean on that. Oh, well, you know, I run a website, so relationships aren't that important. Oh, I'm an app programmer. You know, networking is not really a thing I need to do. And it's just not true. You know, it's funny. I dated a girl when I was 16. It's a girl I left my virginity to. And hopefully my mom won't hear this podcast. <laughs> and, um, so I, you know, I remember breaking up and I was like, I'll never love anyone. You're the only one I ever want to be with. And, you know, I don't care about anyone else in the world. You know, I'm, if it's not you, I'm just going to be alone. And, you know, it's funny as she said it, she's like, you know, the only thing that matters in the world is relationships and these people. Because without it, I mean, it'd be a pretty fucking lonely place. And, uh, you know, that just kind of stuck with me over the years. And I, and I noticed for myself, I've evolved where in my 20s, I really wanted to meet everyone. And, uh, and, you know, and as I've gotten to be in my early 30s, I'm just more like, all right, who am I really enjoying? And it is slower to wanting to add people to that circle. That is an excellent point. It makes total sense as well. Now, we've been selling our audience networking and giving them some tips here and there, but I think it would be great to go into something a little bit different. First of all, you use a lot of reverse engineering. At least that's what we just talked about with the sure. podcast thing. And how are you using reverse engineering in your business as well? I mean, you've obviously done really well with it, not just with the dating stuff, but you know, reverse engineering things. I mean, a lot of people don't even get that process. It is very tough to look at a huge system, find out what's working and what isn't. Do you have a system for this? 
Yeah, yeah. I don't have like a, a set formula, but I, I want to explain the concept at a theoretical level, and then I'll really break down into specific you know actions that I've done so that people can hopefully learn from themselves. The fundamental thing with reverse engineering is how do you work backwards from what you want, right? And so what that means is like if you want a specific type of girl or you want a girl to like you, how do you do a way where you ensure that she will like you, right? So what if you had to do something like – let me give an example. A funny example, well, I won't even do the example, but uh, well, the example <laughs> was, was so my funny. we wanted attention when we went to a strip club. We wanted to get attention. We wanted to be known. So my buddy wore a bear costume. Nice. And yeah, it was obviously, it was peacocking, but it was something where like, all right, we knew that would actually bring us attention. And it was really fun for the whole experience. Now on a business side, let's work backwards. Let's say I want to get to the top of, you know, podcasts or I want to get to the top of, you know, Hacker News or some type of website. Now what most people do is they kind of go from the bottom up, they write articles, they bullshit around. What if you actually did a little bit of reverse engineering and, and analysis and said, all right, well, what articles are at the top? What is those topics? Why are those at the top? And you start actually trying to look at what are the elements that are necessary to get to the top. And that's actually what you then create. And so most people just kind of go and just kind of randomly shoot the gun. But if you actually work backwards from what's already working there, that makes it much easier to get there. And that goes for almost every element in our business. So for okdork.com, my personal site, which is just about you know marketing and startups, a lot of time, I'll, let me give you a very specific example. We put out a thing on Twitter where I, uh, a quote, right? It was a quote, something, you know, Harold Raymond, the guy from Ghostbusters who died. And instead of just tweeting it in text, the guy, Tyler, who's awesome, was like, I'll put it in an image format. And we were like, out of all the things we've ever done, that one got like 25 or 30 retweets and favorites. And so the reverse engineering is like, all right, well, those are working really well. We looked at the, the response rate and we're like, all right, well, shit, now let's go do a lot more of those. Right. So a lot of it is like, let's look at the data you have available either internally or externally, seeing what is working really well and then going and replicating it. So as well with, you know, my personal side or AppSumo, let me go another example. We found out out of all the marketing channels we were doing, advertising worked really well. And so what a lot of people do is they kind of spread themselves so thin and they never double down. But when you find one thing that works really well and you're like, oh, this is something that's actually successful, cut out other things. So we stopped doing a lot of other things we were doing. We stopped Google advertising. We don't do Twitter advertising, but we found out that re remarketing and Facebook ads work really well. So we focused on how do we double down and work and expand what's already working. Uh, and I think most people just kind of do everything so-so and they don't really spend enough time saying, all right, this is what's already working in that place. Now let me replicate it and expand on it. It sounds so obvious because people are going, wait, let me get this straight, you two morons. I test shit, <laughs> find out what works, and then lean into it. Thanks a lot. Click, right? But what we're, what we're saying... <laughs> You know, there's something more to it, and it's, it's yes, it's simple, but it's not necessarily obvious to most people. And the other thing is, I'll be totally honest, sometimes we go, yeah, man, that's totally obvious, and, and it is really simple, and we should totally do that. And then you go, where am I doing that? Oh, yeah, sometimes I do that, but most often I don't really do that. You are the art of charm. You're not the art of boring, um, or you're not the art of, like, how to cook. Right. And so even with women, a lot of times what I try to figure out is like, well, what have I done that's actually worked? Let me understand the reverse engineer that. So figure out what, why that worked and then do more of it. And so like I started, I painted my toenails because it made me happy. And I found out that women actually find it funny. Or if you wear, and this is the one that I always thought was really interesting when someone pointed out to me. Next time you wear a piece of clothing out, notice when your clothing actually gets you a response. And then it's like, oh, that clothing, people like, what is it about that clothing that really attracted people to me? And then how do I do more of that clothing? Like I wear a taco shirt once in a while. And obviously it doesn't have to be some big, bold thing, right? It doesn't have to be, you have to wear, you know, be yourself, wear a purple shirt if that's what you like or wear a striped shirt. But when you finally wear the clothing that you're getting, that's working quote unquote, in terms of getting attention from a girl that you'd like, 
that's when you then can go and expand on, all right, now let me go figure out how to do more of that type of clothing. Yeah. So it, it really can apply in all situations. And I know a lot of people are going to go, wait a minute, clothing's a shallow thing and authenticity. We're just giving this as an example, right? Well, yeah, I mean, even reverse engineering food. Let me right. just give you, so I use myfitnesspal.com, which I track all my calories on. And, you know, I say, I'm going to hit two. So I reverse engineer. I'm like, all right, well, let me set up how many calories, how many protein, fats, and carbs I want to do every day. And what I ultimately do is that, all right, now let me try this and see how my body looks, right? See how my energy level is. See how I do at the gym. And because I'm trying to work backwards from, all right, these are the amounts I'm targeting, see how it affects me. And then I can know, all right, well, I need actually, like, so this week I reduced my calorie intake. I'm putting it down to 2,000 from 2,200. And I'm seeing if I actually look a little more thin next week. And so it's trying to work backwards from what I'm trying to get and then tweaking it to see, all right, that's working. Let me do more. And it really can apply in, in all different things. But I think most people just kind of go and just kind of scatter their way around until ultimately they get somewhere. Right. You and throw I, things at the wall and you see what sticks. And sometimes you're just wrong about what sticks. And it can, it can take you off track by years. I think you're right. And the two analogies that, you know, that I, I like to think of for myself is directions, or at least one analogy that, that's really always been so clear to me is that we can get to the same destination going multiple different ways. But if you actually say, hey, here's the destination I want to go to, and you work backwards from, all right, well, what's the quickest way to get there? You're just going to get there a lot sooner. So you could do it both ways. I just try to figure out, all right, well, how do I work backwards from where I want to be to get there, you know, in the shortest amount of time and the least amount of money if it's a business possible? Excellent. Of course, at the Auto Charm, we spent years reverse engineering dating relationships and networking. And that actually has been a serious challenge because it's really hard to split test human relationships. Yeah. It's, it's basically impossible because there's too many factors involved. So all you can really do is have a lot of spreadsheets and anecdotal evidence from people that are running a same system. So at one time, especially in like the heyday of really working on some of the core curriculum, uh, which we, we always evolve stuff, but really when it came down to core, core curriculum, we had 21 interns and team members at the Art of Charm. We had spreadsheets all over the Art of Charm headquarters, and we were split testing everything from talking to people during the daytime, trying to get free drinks at the bar, sending text messages in a certain way, response rates, all that stuff that you see in the products. That's why we can be like, this type of text message has an X percent response rate because we actually tested it, and people are going, well, there's no science there. AJ is a cancer biologist, was a cancer biologist. We actually had some scientific method stuff going on, and we had different teams testing the same thing, so there's like, what is that, double blind or whatever it's called? So like, nobody knew exactly what was happening, what the other team was doing, it was, it was insane. I was gonna ask you, if you, we could help your audience with one thing, you know, what's the one request or top three requests that, that you always get asked for? People are always talking about networking, which we've definitely nailed. Um, people are also always talking about getting people on the show to talk about their mindsets. And so that's why I like to drill down to mindsets and very seldom really talk about tactics. So we talked before the show about getting your mornings right, starting your day right, having freedom so that you can focus on what you're good at and what you want to be good at. And a lot of people don't really do that. They're focused on minutia and things like that. I mean, did you start off doing that, or were you one of those guys who was tearing his hair out in the beginning of his business as well? Well, you know, what's really funny is that I think one of the most valuable things in business is actually learning through the experience. And a lot of times when we're reading books or listening to podcasts or reading blog posts, we're looking for that one secret solution or one tactic that'll save everything. But you'll actually learn and grow the most through the why. And the why is like, all right, well, why is this working? Why did this not work? And how do I actually grow from that experience? That has really served me the most. So 
when I eat some food and I didn't like it, it's like, all right, well, how do I want to make sure my next food experience is better? Or I hang out with a certain person. Like I was hanging out with this guy this weekend and, you know, I was like, man, this guy sucks to hang out with. I'm really not enjoying it. And so I told him that. And my mindset was like, all right, well, how do I make it enjoyable for myself? How do I give myself more energy? And I was saying, hey, you know, I really enjoy your friendship. I see myself enjoying it. Here are the ways that, you know, I'd like to go deeper with you on it. You know, if you engaged me more. Kind of that always looking to improve mindset is, you know, it served me really, really well. I would say that humble and then kind of just curious in general, asking questions and listening has, has just done well for me as I've gotten older. Excellent. There's been times with every entrepreneur that we've talked to that they've just been doing it all wrong and they just like by the grace of God have managed to survive until now. <laughs> you know, there's something to that, but also I think what type of role, I guess, has resilience played in your, in your success? It's a really interesting question. I don't feel like I've had to be too resilient. I feel like I've had to be very persistent. Let's be real. You got fired from Facebook. Still, you're not like crying and living on your mom's couch. Not, well, I did for a while. You did for a uh, while, no, no, which, I, I, which we all would have done. But yeah. You know, you know, I think that's a huge thing that I'm, you know, the best relationships I've had, Jordan, are when I'm very vulnerable and I share like, hey, I didn't like when you did this. Yes, this. of course. And it's really shocking because you hear someone say that and you're like, oh, okay, whatever. But then you do it. And I told people, I'm like, dude, let me say something to you. I say it, and I'm like, guess what? If you're really good and we're supposed to be friends, we'll go to a deeper level. If we're not, then fine. I'll find someone that's more along my wavelength. Right. And I think the Facebook experience, I got fired. I didn't make $150 plus million um, if I didn't get fired. You could stay and cry on that forever. And I think people should feel the pain, right? Like when you have a hangover, don't take an ibuprofen. Feel that pain. Right. Deal and with the consequences or whatever. It, right. And then what you can, and that's the moment. Like you don't grow at the gym when you do the same reps. You don't grow when you're just lifting the same fucking thing. You grow when you're actually pushing it a bit more. So when Facebook thing happened, you know, I went to a business coach. I took time away. I didn't rush into the next thing. And I spent time thinking about, like, what can I do so the next time is better? And what kind of situation do I want to be in? And how do I be a better employee? Or do I want to be an employee? And, you know, that's kind of the same thing I did today in therapy is that when things don't go well, that's your perfect opportunity to grow, learn, and understand so the next time is better. And I always visualize that as a step function. This step is good. All right, well, the next relationship will be better. And as long as you're doing that, I find life really enjoyable for myself. And, you know, hopefully other people will find that just as well. Excellent. And I think that makes a lot of sense because I know, and I've talked about on the show, going through some shit where, like, my hair was falling out because I was so stressed. I think it took me that long to realize, because people like you and I were talking about before, they want freedom, right? But they're like, oh, what I'm doing now is not that bad because they're looking at their current situation and they're like, this this prison's not so bad. The handcuffs are are comfortable, and I've got a nice padded wall here. You know, it's not a big deal. But once you start to feel those things close in around you, then you go, oh, wait a minute. My security blanket has been ripped from my clutches, right? I have nothing. I'm looking at the prospect of nothing. That's when you either reach down, find motivation, find resilience, find persistence, or find that you have persistence and continue forward, through that next dip, or you go, this isn't for me, I'm gonna get a job at the post office, which I know that you and I have thought about. I have definitely woken up. Have you ever woken up? I know you have. You wake up one morning and you go, this sucks, I'm just gonna get a day job. I'm gonna be a cop or you know, a postal worker or a construction worker or something, rather than do what I'm doing today, which is look at like the demise of everything I've built. <laughs> Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years. Going through endless resumes, well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people, because they're all going to give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash charm. Just go to indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. All right, let's get back to the good stuff. The appeal to be an entrepreneur or have freedom is, I think people look at it a little incorrectly. I think people just want to feel meaning and purpose in the work they do, regardless if they're the boss of it or if they're like working at a company that's a part of it. And in any of those roles, just like you want to feel good that you're doing something significant with your time. Uh, and I think people just need to figure out, you know, what kind of significance that they want to be having. Right. And then, and that's really like kind of the agenda that all of us want to have. We want to feel fulfilled, want to have good relationships, want to have some sex, uh, and be able to die and, you know, think, damn, I had some really good experiences. And so, each day, it's like, you know, what can I do today to make today significant for myself? And maybe it's not going out in space, seeing a rocket and being in a rocket ship, but it's like, all right, having a good conversation, being a little healthy, eating some good food or reading a book and just figuring out at least one thing per day. And I, I do, I actually try to schedule it. I'm a scheduler. Um, so that I try to, you know, hey, this is the thing today that's going to make me feel today was worth living. So do you eat the frog? I mean, do you do the most important task of the day first? How do you make sure that shit gets done? Because you can schedule anything you want, but if it's at 2 p.m. and you're outside in the sun, you might yep. not do it. Yeah, so the way I look at it is I kind of break it down. We have like a major goal with the company, and then I look at it more on a weekly basis. So every week I kind of try to identify three things. I do work, workout, and personal, and I share that list with a friend of mine, and he shares mine. And so every Sunday I review the previous week list with him, and then I schedule three activities in my work section, my workout and personal, and I email it to him, and then I save that file to my background. And so every week I kind of have my three major things. And then every day I wake up, and I actually, I, I kind of like not scheduling everything besides things that I want to have happen on a routinely basis. And I'll just make sure that's really clear. So like every week, uh, I want to do handstands. So I have that every morning from 9.30 to 9.45. I want to do handstands. But a lot of the other day, like things come up that are actually really priority. And so I want to be flexible enough that I can do that. And so in the morning, I kind of open up my moleskin and I try to write about three things I want to do. And then I'll also look back on that document I set up on Sunday to say, all right, well, how do these align with that? 
And there's a reason that these are more important for me to accomplish what I want to accomplish. And so that's, that's how I break down my priority system. I just have my weekly goals, and then I, every day I try to set up one to three things. Did you spend a lot of time when you were first starting off just farting around? Like when I first started off running The Art of Charm, I was like, I got to go to the post office, and oh, I should answer some Facebook fan mail, and oh, you know what, I kind of want to edit a podcast. Oh, I finished half of that. Cool. Oh, look, there's this other thing that kind of needs doing. Did you start off doing that stuff, or were you always organized? Uh you know, I, I, I think I'm a little bit of both, right? Where, you know, especially with like a marketing channel, you don't know which marketing is going to be the most effective. So you have to be trying them out. Yeah, but you uh, were testing. I was just fucking around all day. Well, I think fucking around is good sometimes. You know, here's one thing that's interesting. I think some of our best ideas come from when we're not sitting at a computer and we're in the shower or we're exercising or we're walking or playing disc golf or jerking, whatever, <laughs> or just even having and, conversations. And there's right? a reason for that psychologically, um, which we can talk about. But yeah. Oh, what is, oh, why is that? Well, Basically, when you're doing something that you're so used to doing that you could do it, quote unquote, in your sleep, like showering, you know how to wash yourself. You don't have to think, all right, so I pick up this soap and I, I rub it against my armpit and I try to cover the whole surface area. You don't think about that. You're just kind of doing it. Your mind is working in other areas. But the problem is that usually we're either focused on something new or we're distracted and we're talking, thinking about something else that we kind of have to do or need to do and we want to... We want to, it pulls our attention. But when you're in the shower or um, sometimes doing a light exercise like jogging or cycling, your brain, a certain part of your brain that, it, that normally feels that itch to do something else is already engaged with that physical activity. And the other part of your brain that's usually responsible for creative things or problem solving is kind of idling but not asleep. Huh. And so cool. you do a lot, there's a lot of people that, for example, who are writers, I know like Neil Strauss, when he's got writer's block, he goes surfing. So I, I think the takeaway, I mean, it's funny because I was talking about this a few days ago or I was thinking about it where I was like, man, what was the most fun for me in what I've been doing with AppSumo? And a lot of it was where I was balancing going out and I did meetings like this on the disc golf course. <laughs> I would just go out disc golf, do some of the sales. And, you know, I think it was just creating the type of work environment and the, and the work that I really want to be doing, which was promoting great products but also doing it with a lifestyle that I wanted, not necessarily just sitting at a desk in a cubicle or a computer for 12 hours a day. Absolutely. There's the old Charlie Hone value of play, right? Like you and I are recording a show, so we're doing it with studio stuff going on. We're doing it remotely because you're in another place. But when we hang out in person, we're not going to be like, let's go have coffee and sit down and have pleasantries. We're probably going to go do something fun that requires a little bit of physical skill or activity or, or something that we're both interested in instead of just focusing on like, all right, we're at some meeting right now, right? Because we'll want to have that going on. If you meet with corporate types, man, they always want coffee. Like coffee, coffee, coffee. Maybe if you're lucky, you can get a drink or a beer in there. But whenever I meet with entrepreneurs, they're like, hey, do you want to do some yoga? Do you want to go run? Do you want to hike? And those are the meetings that I tend to have with, with entrepreneurs. Yeah, I mean, I, I, some of my favorite meetings lately are like yesterday some guys came over and they're like, hey, you want to go grab a drink and we'll catch up? And I was like, actually, could we just go for a walk? So I put on my weighted vest. I've been playing around with that. Like it's a 40-pound vest that I walk around with. Nice. And uh, we just walked around for an hour. And, you know, it, it changes the dynamic, I think, as you said, because you're not in your normal, let's sit at a table, drink coffee, or have a drink thing. Uh, it made that conversation actually probably more personal and a little more enjoyable uh, for, for me and I, I think as well for them. So what about people that come to sumome.com or AppSumo and they go, listen, you know, I want to start a business, but I don't have a lot of money. It's a, it's a great service for guys that want to sort of test the waters of running their own business. Because I fully realize not everybody can quit their job 
and invest all their money into a business opportunity, which by the way, I did, and by the way, would not do again. Uh, it just worked out that way, but guys wanna get a taste of success because not everybody is stupid enough to do what you and I have done, which is throw everything all in at once and hope to get trial by fire and hope we don't die in the process. I mean, that's actually not, not my style. You're probably a little more crazier than I am. Sounds uh, I like say it. That, I say that with love. Uh, I <laughs> yeah. mean, I'm moderately crazy. But, uh, You're crazy in other ways. That much is for certain. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, a lot of times in business, how we make our decisions is like, what would be fun? Not necessarily, like I was talking to these guys yesterday, a lot of what they were about is what would make more money. And at the end of the day, you live at the penthouse, but and you have the money, but you're not really fulfilled with it. And you're like, well, only when I get that money can I finally do it. And I'm not willing to wait that long. I want my life to be more while I'm in it now and in the future doing the things that are enjoyable. And so with starting a business, we built the course monthly1k.com. And the future, the product we're working on now is called sumome.com. And sumome is for when you built your business, it helps you grow it. Uh, for monthly1k.com, the whole premise was like, people just kept asking me, like, how did you start these businesses? How did you make money? And I was frankly tired of telling people. And so I wanted to just create something that I could say, hey, go here, don't talk to me anymore about it. And if you're serious, you'll put up 300 bucks, which is all we ask, and it'll step-by-step you from the beginning till the end. And it'll show you like how to create a business without even spending any more money at all. That's something I highly discourage people to do, and how to reduce actually spending a lot more time, which is a huge thing that people waste tons of time and tons of money playing business. And that, you know, it kind of pisses me off. So I really like seeing people that want to hustle and want to do the work and, you know, they want to have their own business and are willing to put in the work. They just need a little bit of either a support system like the community we have or just maybe a little bit of the blueprint on how to get there sooner. How do guys figure out what to do first? If somebody said, hey, start a business right now, I would have very little idea on what to do first other than try to sell shit to my friends. <laughs> so if I were to start a business today, I think there's pretty much four phases of it. And I'll be you know, pretty specific with how someone could do it. Any of your listeners could do it today. So number one, it's really overcoming fear. Right. It's fear of failure. I'm almost tired because I feel like people are saying that all the entrepreneurs have probably read that. And entrepreneurs are keep reading and keep listening, hoping there's something new. And the only thing that'll be new is when they start taking action. And so what we do is we have strangerchallenge.com. We have failure games, which is an iPhone and Android app, and they're totally free. And basically it just helps you practice overcoming fear. Right. Which is like going up and doing things with people you don't know. Like kind of same thing with dating, going up to a girl you don't know. And, you know, like a friend taught me the go game. So whenever you're with another guy, you say go and they have to go talk to whoever you pointed at. And all that is is really just practicing, not feeling as uncomfortable asking. Because that's what business is. You're saying, hey, I'm asking you to give me money for a service I assume you might think is valuable. So number one is fear. Number two is ideas. And this man, holy shit. Let's say you've overcome fear. You're a little more comfortable with yourself. Now there's so many different excuses, right? And I think what it really boils down to with work is like, are you willing to get up at five and put in the work if you really want your own business? Or really even just want a side business so that you can have a hobby. And so the idea section, what I've found to be the most helpful is look at what you've enjoyed working on in the past. So I've only, there's two things that I've always done and I've always done them really well. I've always brought people together and I've always had a big mouth about things I like. And so AppSumo really was that. It was like, all right, well, how do I just tell people about products that I like? And it was like, let me just, and that's what I've done with this business. So with people, with other people, if you don't know what that is, right? Ask your friends, hey, what have you enjoyed that I've done in the past? Or what kind of business do you think I could be starting? But let's say that there's still the person who's like, well, my friends don't have anything and I don't have anything I'd like to do and I'm a loser, right? There's still those people. <laughs> yes. So that it comes in all forms. So then what I really encourage people to do is free. It's harder to get rejected. And if anything, you're just getting that momentum going. You're getting that blood flowing. You're getting that energy going. You're getting some momentum. 
like I said in the beginning, don't go to someone and be like, hey, what can I help you for free? Because I'm like, well, I don't know. You want to clean my bathroom? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? And I, honestly, my I car would use a wash. Yeah. yeah, well, I don't even want them to clean my bathroom because I, like, I know my cleaner is going to do a better job, but I'd rather pay her for that. But I want them to come and say, hey, for free, can I do this? Right, very specific. And, the more, and then once you start doing that, you'll find out, holy shit, one, people really like it when I do that. Right, like that's the aha moment that people are saying, oh, dude, there is an aha moment where people are like, dude, what you're doing is really valuable. I need more of it. And you just keep doing things for free until you get so busy that you're like, I just have to charge. And that'll actually make it easier because a lot of people have guilt charging money. There's a huge guilt issue with yes, asking. Yes, there is. That's why most people, well, it's one reason why many people can't do sales because they don't necessarily, it, it has, it's a mixture of things. Oh, why should anyone believe in me? Why should anyone believe in my product? Which is an offset tangential fear that's a result of that. But if you don't believe enough in your product and you don't believe enough in yourself, you're going to have a hell of a time selling anything. And I think the best way to do a business is not about opportunity, not about just how to make money, but it's solving a problem that you want to see in the universe. I actually, I truly believe this, is that when I'm doing AppSumo or when I've done my previous businesses, I feel sorry for those people if they don't use my service. Like, yeah, that's, because that's, like, that's the right attitude to me. It's like, you don't want to use this? Like, your life will be worse off. Like, I have to tell you about it. And, and I think maybe if you're, not, if you're not at that point, you're probably not doing the right business for yourself. It, it makes perfect sense. Whenever anybody's like, no, you know, I don't need to go to the Yard of Charm because I'm just going to figure it out on my own. I'm thinking, oh, my God. All right, I'll talk to you in six months or maybe six years. But, dude, why are you doing this to yourself? But I, I know just from experience there's no point in even saying that. So, all right, so we got phase one fear, phase two idea. So you've done stuff for free. Or you have something that you think people want. Like maybe it's an event. Maybe it's some consulting, marketing consulting. Maybe it's a SaaS business. What I really encourage people to do then is validate. And validate is basically you don't spend more than 48 hours and you have to get three customers. And so why I do that is because the more you limit time, the more you'll prioritize better. And I encourage people to get three paying customers because so many times it's like, oh yeah, I would pay for that. I would do that. You know, push comes to shove. When you ask for the money, they bitch out. And so... When you limit the time and the amount of customers you have to get, it's like, all right, well, if I can do this, then I know that other people probably will want this business. And I found that to be one of the most accurate indicators that there's a business that you have with legs. So if you're, let's say, you want to start a clothing company, all right, can I get three friends within my own network or three people that my network may know or that I go to school with or college or coworkers or whatever, church, and see if I can get those people to buy? Well, actually, this is really shocking, Jordan. I think some of your listeners might find it interesting. Most of the people try to go to people they don't know to sell things so that when they reject it, it doesn't hurt. Sure, that makes sense. I was kind of surprised because for myself, I'm like, well, shit, if I think this is good, like if you have a, I always thought this analogy made a lot of sense. If you have a good restaurant, Jordan, you're in San Francisco, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. If you found a restaurant that was really good, wouldn't you want me to go eat there too? Depends. Is it going to be harder for me to get in? Well, dude, I'm a homie. You're not going to really. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you. Yeah, fine. We're good. I'll take you. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) else can go fly a kite. If you think something's really good and you, you should want to go to the people that you have available and make it easier on yourself, just like we talked about the homeless people in the beginning, go to the person that you already have a relationship with versus the homeless person you're, you're very less likely to, to want to give money to versus someone that you probably do know. So that invalidate it, right? Most people, what they do is they play business. They spend time looking for a developer, making a website, making cards. And what the irony is, is that they say that they're being lean and MVP and they're not building a lot. And I say, well, how much money and time have you spent on it? They're like, well, two months, but I'm waiting. They're waiting. Uh, I, it needs a little bit more. It needs a little bit more. 
you know, you could wait forever. And I've done that myself, man. I've done two businesses that spent over six figures. And when I finally launched it, when I had everything I needed, you know, no one wanted it. And I could have found out a lot quicker and a lot cheaper, but I had to learn from my own mistakes. And, you know, right. if people don't want to listen to what I'm telling them. Go experience it, learn it, and hopefully maybe it'll work. Not saying it wouldn't, but I know my way, like if it doesn't work, you can actually then figure out really quickly what will work. Like sure. uh, as an example, I wanted to make uh, pr- uh, posters of tacos. And so I went out to friends and I said, who wants to buy a poster of tacos? And no one wanted them. That is a terrible like, idea. Dude, shut up. Uh, <laughs> but then I went out to people that I said, hey, well, you don't want taco posters, but you know, I wear a taco t-shirt sometimes and people love it. Are you interested in a taco t-shirt? It's 25 bucks. And I sold 15 of them in a few hours. So we talked about in the beginning. If, if something's not working, understand why not and what will work. That's the time you're going to grow. And so then I sold taco shirts. And then finding the manufacturer and stuff was the easy part. But getting the customers is always the hardest part. And so then it's like once you do validating, then we go on to the growth thing. It's like how do you take that from I've sold three to now my thousand, right? How do I make that $1,000 a month? And so the course, and, and obviously there's different methods, and all the ones we try to encourage are not spending money again. Only once you've like used all your free marketing methods, which is like, you know, one of the ones in the course, zero dollar partnerships. So how do you get people? So one of the great questions to ask, so say you sell your three people, you validated, you delivered it and they're happy with it. All right. What are ways that I can now grow this without spending more money? So one way is zero dollar partnerships. And the question to ask yourself is who has my customers? Who has my customers? And you work backwards from what can I do for them so that they will want to promote myself? So for AppSumo, uh, the specific thing that we did was we would create bundles. And the bundles that we created is we would create bundles of different products and we would say to these companies, hey, I think it'd be really good for you to email your customers who've never spent money with you the bundle. It's a good promotion for them that they'll finally start using your service. And it's, you know, ultimately it was good for AppSumo because we get people hearing about it. And these people are already not paying customers, right? They're already not buying anything. So these people don't have anything to lose. It's actually good for them to do it. And so they would do that, and that was a $0 partnership where it helped us grow up somewhere pretty significantly. Right. And, and so that's one method. Another one is referrals. Like you already have three people, and it's like a restaurant. I think restaurants are the, I mean, some of the worst marketers in the world. But, you know, number one at a restaurant, if you have good food, people should likely come. But once you have a good food, you know, if people don't know about it, tell the people who are already coming, like help them tell their friends. Either set up a system, which is like something automatic emails, or get their, get them to like your Facebook page or like your Twitter or whatever it is, but you want to tell them to tell their friends. And a lot of people just kind of forget that. They're like, oh, I already have these customers. And so that's kind of the, the four phases that I break down from how do I, you know, overcome my fear? How do I find an idea, validate it, and then get it to the thousand dollars? And once you get there, then, you know, the sumome.com product is totally free and that, that'll help take you from a thousand to, you know, it's literally all the tools that we've built to grow to, to a million dollar plus business. Excellent. Thanks so much, man. I, I think this is amazingly value-packed and definitely a lot of guys are going to want to check that stuff out. We're going to link to AppSumo and, of, of course, okdork.com in the show notes as well and Recession Proof Graduate that we mentioned and even your follow-up tool as well. I really appreciate it, man. A lot of good stuff here. Probably almost borderline overwhelming for a lot of guys as well. Yeah, I mean, that's the hard part, brother. It's like there's so many things to do and I think a lot of it is just like how can I start with something stupid and simple and do it every day? And if you really want it, get up at 5 a.m., get your ass to work, and get what you want, right? And, and if anything, like, you know, a specific example, and we'll, we'll wrap up, is that I think people should figure out where's your productive zone. So my productive zone is in airplanes. And what's great about an airplane? There's no internet. There's no people. And all I can do is pretty much work or watch movies. 
I get on the airplane, I really work. So I said, all right, well, I'm going to, once I get home, I'm going to create my own airplane zone, my own productivity zone that I'm always productive in. And so I came home and I put two hours every Thursday and I put it on repeat. And that's how I work really well. So I try to set up a weekly massage in my calendar. It's on repeat so that that's when I create my happy time. Uh, not happy ending, but happy time. And so with the airplane mode, though, I put two hours and then, you know what? Every week I kind of avoided it. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Why am I not doing it? And what was happening is it was such a big swallow. And I was trying to like lift 500 pounds when you really should be starting at 100 and building up that muscle. And so with anyone starting a business or improving their dating or improving their health, you know, really just start with what is the lowest hanging fruit I can start with and build your way up. Excellent, man. I really appreciate the advice, as does the audience. Dude, it was fun, brother. All right, show feedback and guest suggestions. We rely on you guys to help keep our finger on the pulse. So if you know someone who's a good fit for the show, let us know at jordanh at theartofcharm.com. Bootcamp details for our live programs also at theartofcharm.com, and that's where you're going to find links to us on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media as well. If you're listening to this but you're not subscribed in iTunes or Stitcher or something like that, then that needs to change. Getting our shows delivered free to your phone or computer is the best way to make sure you don't miss a thing. You can do that by going to iTunes and searching for the Art of Charm podcast or by going to theartofcharm.com slash iTunes and clicking subscribe. That's really it. And you guys can help us. Subscribe in iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Write something nice and we will love you forever. Just go to iTunes.com slash The Art of Charm and it'll take you right there. When you write us a review, it not only makes us feel proud, but it helps keep us up in the ranks so that other people who can use this information can find the show more easily to get the credible advice that they need. It's also the best way to support the show other than purchasing products and training from us. So tell your friends because the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to someone else either in person or shared on the web. Now have a great week, go out there and get social, and leave everything better than you found it.